0: Welcome to the Soul Service Podcast. I'm your host and soul-centric leadership coach, Anastasia Burtnick. If you are a spiritual seeker looking to learn, grow, and make deep and lasting change in your life, you are in the right place, my friend. I'll be serving you up juicy topics on soul work, relationships, purpose, power, and everything in between. Together, we are going to dive deep into our hearts and souls so you can live your best life ever. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Soul Service Podcast. So I'm really excited to talk to you about today's topic because it is something that I am really passionate about. And it's also something that has had a profound effect on my life and that is energy and emotional healing. So if you have listened to the episode on my story, you know that I have chronic pain and I have a major depressive disorder. It is now in the mild category. Um, And I have also recently been diagnosed with fibromyalgia in the past year or so. And the The pain and everything that I was experiencing, the pain, the depression. um, I also experienced issues with my my gut, and I had so much brain fog. Um, so so many things. there there's a whole list that I can't even remember. Um, but I've been experiencing so many issues for so many years. and learning about emotional healing work and energy healing has actually been my saving grace. So you might think that if you are ill or if you have a pain condition or you have something like depression or anxiety that it it is what it is and you you can't ever cure it, you've completely lost yourself. And I don't want to say that that's not true because you absolutely can heal. Uh, I will never guarantee that you can heal to a hundred percent, but you absolutely can heal. But the reason why I'm saying that I'm not fully disputing it is because I don't want to discredit what you've been through. And this is something that I have experienced a lot, um, and then everybody that I have worked with on energy and emotional healing, um, they have also experienced feelings like this, where your identity becomes so tied up into the illness or condition you have, that if you were to heal, it almost feels like it invalidates your journey. And you know, when we are dealing with with uh, with conditions and illnesses, pain, it's hard because no one actually sees what you go through. it's It's an invisible illness. and for the world to know it and understand it, it it feels like it's almost impossible. So you might be having the worst day of your life and someone might look at you and say oh you're young and healthy you're fine you're not missing limbs you're not walking with a walker or you're not in a wheelchair you're fine there's there's these beliefs that are instilled into society so that if somebody can't see what you're going through then you obviously aren't going through something and When we are suffering with an illness or a condition, it's so lonely. It is so lonely. And depending on your journey, some of us have to fight really hard to get care. Others of us are lucky that we didn't have to fight to get care. But we're we're constantly fighting a battle no matter what. I know for me personally, after I was injured, um, just post-injury, I had to fight to get care. And then my injury after my surgery turned into a chronic pain condition and my depression got even worse. And um, then I got my fibromyalgia diagnosis and I was so scared. All of the time for years, especially as I finally started getting help because I was so afraid that someone would see me on a good day that they would go and tell someone, I don't know who, but they would go tell someone that there was nothing wrong with me. I was so afraid of that. And I had already been, part of this, part of my fear was grounded in past experience because I had actually been harassed and told I was faking my injury and just there were rumors spread about me and it made my recovery that much harder. So this fear continued into my everyday life and nobody saw me on bad days because on bad days I didn't leave the house and sometimes I couldn't get out of bed. So on a good day, or an easier day, I I left the house and I did things, I tried to live, but I kept myself so small for so long because I was afraid to be seen, because I was afraid to be judged, because I was afraid to have safety and love taken away from me. I know that I'm not the only one who feels like this. And you want to be seen for all of you. And even when you go and you share your story, and I so honor everyone who shares their story and shares what it's like when they're actually in the midst of a bad day. I so honor you. It can be so difficult to navigate that sharing, that level of vulnerability, because you want people to understand you. But you don't want them to pity you or feel sorry for you. You just want them to witness and understand. And the difficulty with that is that people, unless they've been through something, they typically can't. So it feels like we're always walking this tightrope of, do I share? Do I not share? What am I supposed to do? Because if I don't share, it feels like people aren't seeing a part of me that needs to be seen. And if I do share, well, then people just either tell me how to fix it, um, their opinions, or they say like, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through this, but it feels insincere almost because they're not understanding you they're just seeing what you're going through and like and it feels like pity so this is this is something that can be so difficult to to navigate and i want you to know that as you navigate this you are so safe and you are so held and you will find people that do understand what you go through even if they don't understand the specific thing they can relate to you we all have our own journeys and you're just you're not alone you're not alone and the people that are meant to be in your life are going to stay in your life and the people that aren't they will gradually move out and that's okay So all this work on emotional healing—it—it it can be a lot, and it takes a lot of time. You know, I, I have, and I've studied this book, and I've been through it. Um, I've, I've studied many books, but there's this one. There's this one book that it's about healing your pain in 28 days. Let me tell you, friends, it did not take 28 days. It took months, and technically years, because I still go through all this work. Now, my pain levels and the way that my body operates, a few years ago when I first started doing this work, when I first started trying to manage pain and, and deal with my, with my physical health, that most days, were bad days. So out of seven days a week, probably probably five to six were bad days for me where I was in excruciating pain. Um, my brain didn't work anymore. It's like I couldn't concentrate and I I couldn't think and there was always a fog. Sometimes I would feel like my my body would actually just be disconnected and it would feel like everything is moving so like slow around me and I just, it's like my reaction time was it was slow. It, it was a really weird feeling and I would get that all the time. Just the pain itself was, was bad. And then I was also dealing with major depression at that time. So on top of all the physical symptoms from the chronic pain, fibromyalgia, I was also dealing with the physical and emotional symptoms with the depression. So I was also tired all the time and I wanted to honestly kill myself every day for, very, for a very long time because um, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to do the pain anymore. I didn't want to feel like a burden anymore. I held so much guilt Because I felt like I wasn't enough. And I wasn't what I considered at that time a contributing member of society. Because I was doing so much therapy. So I just kept wearing myself down and down and down. And now I still have bad days. But... Um, the level's really different. So instead of six out of seven days a week where I have bad days, I'll have maybe one day a week of a really bad day. Sometimes it's more because I will have flare-ups. But I have a lot of moderate to good days. And I want to just clarify something. My good days are not the same as somebody who is perfectly healthy, what their good day would look like. I still have limitations and I still have to be very aware of how I manage my time and my energy. And there are days when I overdo it and I pay for it. It's just what it is at this point in time. But the amount that I've healed, the amount of pain I experience, the amount of symptoms I experience is drastically reduced. Drastically reduced. I've gotten quality of life back to the point where I feel like I'm almost normal. And that is huge. So this emotional healing work does work and it can give you your life back. And it can help you manage everything better. It's just that it might, you know, some people come out of this and they're 100% cured. Other people come out of it at a percentage cured. But this work is worth it because as long as you believe that it will make a difference, any level of improvement in your life is worth it. It makes it less debilitating gives you more quality of life back. So you just have to be open to trusting. So some of the personality traits that people typically have, actually, hang on, before I go into that. So the reason why we do energetic healing, emotional healing and especially around the emotional healing, is because emotion is energy in motion. And when energy stops moving, when there is a block, it gets trapped in your body, and that energy solidifies, and that's it actually causes pain and disease. And there are Numerous studies on this, both scientific and non-scientific. Things like trauma, um, if you have like loss and abandonment in in your life, childhood abuse or neglect. Uh, If you ever have the feelings of not fitting in or being bullied, um, the pressure to succeed or be perfect, feeling inferior to others not feeling good enough, um, or having to earn love, um, feelings of resentment and anger, uh, can be towards family, community members, friends, uh, religious members, um, and also the, the feeling of that, that everyone else comes first. You have to put everyone else first and your needs are last those are all things that can become warped and trapped in our body as emotion because we feel them so deeply. And there, there's definitely others that will come into this, but those are some of the key issues that cause pain in the body, that cause disease in the body. So if you we're listening to that list and you're like oh that's me that's me that's me oh so that that just gives you a clue as to where you need to start going to start healing these things so all of these different types of traumas these belief systems that have been ingrained into us they can get stuck in our body and they can cause pain they can cause disease and then there's also traits that we typically have that are most common among those of us who end up with disease, with pain. Some of those traits are low self-esteem, being a perfectionist, having really, really high expectations of yourself, wanting to be good and liked, needing to be needed, um, having frequent feelings of guilt. So if you were to say no to someone and guilt, immediately pops up. That's definitely one of them. Um, Feeling dependent on others or feeling like a burden. Being really conscientious. Uh, If you're hard on yourself, overly responsible, you have a lot of difficulty making decisions, usually guilt will play into that as well. Um, If you are very rigid and you follow the rules, you don't stray off the paths, what what you've been told is the way it's going to be, that level of rigidity. If you have difficulty letting go of emotions, of things, Um, if you are cautious, shy, reserved, uh, or if you hold in a lot of your thoughts and feelings, if you don't stand up for yourself, Uh, and if you harbor rage or resentment. So those are a lot of the personality traits that can really affect the level of pain and disease we have in our body. And there are gifts in all of these traits, but it's the shadow side. So that, that dark side of them that is causing us to push them away and it's causing us to have that pain and emotion, or that pain and illness in our body. So, emotional healing. We have a tendency to push away trauma, to push away things that have happened to us, and we we don't deal with them. We don't feel them. Um, we just we just try to push them away. Now. On an actual physical level, what our brains do is our brains will say, like well, it'll send messages and it'll say, hey, you know what? This emotion is coming up. I'm getting the sense that I don't need to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. So I'm going to distract you with something else. So, okay, um, you, you have some abandonment issues as a child. Okay, well, how about I put pain in, in your arm over here? Oh now you're distracted. Okay, good. Good. So that's that's how the brain works and that and it's a very simple explanation of how, how that process works but what your brain does is it will always try to distract you from the emotion or the trauma. So the best way to do that is to cause physical symptoms. Now these symptoms, what you feel the the pain, the disease it is real. It is 100% real. The feelings that you're feeling are real. It is all valid. And it's also caused by emotions. So just because emotions are causing this doesn't make it not real. And if you were to heal those emotions, heal those traumas, and your pain went away, it still doesn't mean that, that, that what you were feeling isn't real. And this is something that so many of us get tripped up on because we're afraid, we're almost afraid to heal and to come into a healthier version of ourselves without pain and without disease. Because if we heal that, again, does it get rid of everything we've been through? Was I just crazy? Was it in my head? Well, yeah, I mean, it was in your head. But it was it was real. It was real. So what the brain does, like I said, it it distracts you from the feelings by creating physical symptoms in your body. Now, sometimes it uses pre-existing neural pathways to create pain. So for example, if you had fallen and broken your arm when you were younger or you twisted an ankle or something or you maybe you hurt your back although the injury is no longer there your brain knows that there is a neural pathway there so when you're going through emotions and and trauma and your brain is distracting it distracting you from it your brain will actually send signals down that pre-existing neural pathway to say okay i'm going to send pain to that area so then you think oh i must have just chronic low back pain because I hurt my back when I was such and such an age. So your brain tries to trick you that way. The other thing your brain will do is, even if there aren't already pre existing neural pathways, it will create neural pathways. Now, I don't know how it chooses what to create. Um, I have not gone that far into studying yet, but your brain will create new neural pathways. So that can be into your gut and you. The gut and brain is very, very um, connected. So, symptoms like IBS symptoms, um, leaky gut, any like ab- abdominal pain, like anything like that, can all be attributed to trapped emotions and traumas. It can also be attributed to the other physical side, where if you're not eating the right foods and you're eating inflammatory foods, it's just there's a whole chain reaction for everything but your brain will create neural pathways so that it can distract you and the more you push away the the trauma and you may not even realize what you're pushing away but the deeper that trauma the deeper those emotions go into your body the more they get stuck the stronger those neural pathways will get. And then as more stressors get added into your life, it strengthens the neural pathways as well. So what happens when you start doing this emotional healing work is your pain or your symptoms will often get worse for a little bit because you are bringing awareness to a trauma, to a trapped emotion. So then your brain will freak out and say, I don't want you thinking about that emotion. I don't want you thinking about that trauma. Let me increase your pain. Then what happens is it starts decreasing the more you work on it. So the pain, the symptoms will start decreasing over time. Sometimes, depending on what the trauma is, it might be very quick. Other times it can take a long time. But it'll start decreasing. And then eventually the pain in that area will be, fully gone, almost all the way gone. And your brain will then, it might move the pain. So you might start having pain in a part of your body that you've never had pain before, or you might have symptoms that you've never had before. And what it is doing is your brain is still trying to protect you. So it is now finding more new neural pathways um, and it's going to send new signals to other parts of your body to distract you. So this is not this is not a linear healing process. We're working with the brain, which is very complicated. We're working with the emotion, we're working with the soul. All of this is very interconnected. But just in these moments, you have to trust the process that the more work you do on healing this, the better you will start to feel. Now, knowing this, Your Because those neural pathways are still there, even if you've healed the pain or even if you've healed the symptoms of the disease you have, that neural pathway is still there. Now, it will weaken over time, but you can also get a flare-up once in a while. So if you have extra stressors in your life or something similar to the trauma that you had your brain will automatically go into defensive mode again and into that protective mode and it will send pain signals back down those learned neural pathways. And in those moments, even though you may not have had pain for months, you might get a flare up and you're like, what the heck I thought I healed this. And all it is is that something else is triggering you. So you just have to work through it. You just have to feel it and then it'll dissipate again. So, know that it's okay to feel like you're going back and forth sometimes it is what it is um but you will be on a trajectory of healing and eventually those neural pathways that your brain has developed will become so weak and so thin that they're not going to be an issue anymore sometimes this takes months sometimes this takes years but any level of healing that you can obtain is so worth it. When you are embarking on this journey of emotional healing, you know some of the traumas now that can cause pain and disease in the body. You know a lot of the common personality traits. Now we want to get into some of the actual healing work. So this I'll be very honest, this is a very lengthy process and this is not something that I can go into super deep depth with on a podcast episode, but I want to start by giving you some tools that you can start bringing into your life so that you can, in fact, embark on this healing journey. So. I want you to go and take an inventory of your life. I want you to look at the things that you experienced as a child into adulthood, anything that you would consider to be traumatic um, or difficult, anything that sticks in your mind. So you can look at relationships with parents, siblings, other family members, Um, look at what feelings and emotions and beliefs come up around there. If you've had any abuse, if you've had any bullying, um, if you feel resentment towards anything or anyone, uh, if anybody has hurt you in some way if you've ever felt like you've had to be perfect all the time, I want you to start writing out everything. And then what you're going to do once you have that list, you're going to take – we'll start with one at a time, but the first one that is the most the most traumatic feeling for you, you want to start dealing with that one first. So the one – And when I say the most traumatic, it may not be like trauma as in this big thing, but it's whatever is weighing most heavily on your heart. I want you to go with that one first because that is going to be where the most stuck emotion is. So whatever that is, I want you to start getting to know that trauma getting to know those feelings i actually want you to i want you to write letters to it i want you to do journaling exercises on it what is this teaching me how am i feeling about this why am i feeling this way i want you to write everything and i want you to write this all down without judgment it's because if you are feeling resentment if you're feeling guilt if you're feeling shame if you are feeling anger, if you are feeling grief, you need to feel them. You're not going to judge yourself for it. You're not going to turn around and say, oh, it's stupid that I'm feeling grief over this. Like, this is not something I should be be sad about. You're just going to let yourself feel. When you start letting yourself feel, then you actually start letting yourself change and move that blocked emotion. And just know that whatever comes up is okay. And sometimes when you're going through these, you will feel like, you'll, you might feel like a crazy person or you might feel like a horrible person because especially when dealing with, for example, parental stuff, um, you might feel like you hate this person or like you just wish they would die. I want you to know that any extreme feelings like that are completely normal and it's okay for you to feel them because you're not going to go off on a serial killer binge. I know that. You know that. So if there's feelings that feel extreme to you that come up, just let yourself feel them and hold no judgment because by judging yourself, you're just pushing those feelings back and you're telling yourself that it's not okay for you to feel what you're feeling, and it's not valid for you to feel what you're feeling, when in fact it is okay and it is valid. No matter what your feelings are, they are always valid. And your feelings and your perception of everything is based on who you are and all of your experiences and all of your beliefs. And remember that just because... Someone else might think that that they never hurt you because you received it in a way that did hurt you. It makes that hurt real. So just give yourself the grace and the space to move through this. So you're going to write letters to the trauma. If it's with a specific person, you can write letters to that person. You don't need to send them probably wouldn't unless you feel really, really called, but I would keep them to yourself. But what you're doing is you're expressing all of your emotions. Another thing you can do that is actually very beneficial beyond writing letters is speaking, like actually speaking what is on your heart. So sometimes journaling and writing letters It gets us to a point, but depending on how deep the feeling, how deep the hurt and and the trauma is, we might need to actually speak it out loud. So what you can do is you can work with a therapist um, that you trust so that you can just talk about this, or you can record yourself on video and you speak to your phone or recording device and you it's as if you're speaking to that person. It's it's as if you're writing a letter, except you're actually speaking the words aloud. And speaking the word, the words aloud, that verbal processing helps move energy even more. Because sometimes when we are in our head, we get so trapped in our head that we end up just spinning there. So if you get to that point where you feel like, oh, I've written so many letters. I'm like, I've... I know the emotions and I'm feeling the emotions, but why can't I let this go? If you're feeling that, that is a key that you need to actually speak it out loud. It really does, speaking it out loud really does take away the charge of whatever is in your head in those moments. So do it in whatever way feels good to you, but you want to start doing that. Now, another level of this emotional healing is actually talking to the parts of your body. So this is this can be a little more difficult depending on what's going on, but especially if you are um, someone with a womb space, a uterus, ovaries, if you experience any pain or disease or anything there, this is an area where it's very good to talk to your body directly. Sometimes with other parts of our bodies, like a knee can be a little bit hard. Like what, what does a knee mean? Um, they're a great book. If you ever want to know about different parts of the body is heal your life by Louise. Hay. Um, but Using the, our womb space as an example, as women, we have so much trauma that is not just from our own life, but it's also ancestral and in our DNA. And there's so much trauma there. And that's why there is now a history of disease in women. And if you are experiencing pain there, I urge you to go into that space. like Talk to your womb space itself. And dive into it. So, something I did, uh, I was getting really, really severe pain, and no one knew why. Turns out, like, there was no physical evidence of endometriosis or um, polycystic ovaries, nothing like that. But I was getting this severe, debilitating pain. And I did a lot of work around my womb space Um, and I wrote letters to her and some of them were very deep and almost graphic. Like um, if there was sexual trauma, I wrote about that and the hurt that she experienced. So I wrote it all out and the more real I got and I even, you know, and it might sound crazy to you, but I even apologized to my womb space for not having the knowledge of how to protect her. And it's not something I'm I beat myself up for because you don't know what you don't know. Um and if you ever say like, oh, I should have known better, well, you obviously didn't know better because you weren't you weren't taught. So don't beat yourself up for that. But you can still have a level of responsibility and just self-love and like compassion for whatever it is. So for me, I didn't love myself for the longest time and that created wounds within myself. So I, I apologize for that to my womb space. And the more work I did around that. And this, again, this is concerning a specific part of the body, but the more work I did around that, the more my pain released. And over the past year, I've had that pain once. So whereas I used to have it every single month. It makes a difference. And just be patient with yourself. So if you know that something happened to you and you feel like you need to write to a specific part of your body, you can do that. If you're just writing to the the traumas and the emotions, do that as well. Just give yourself the grace and the space. The last thing I will leave you with today is you can write out for when you are having flare-ups, and also for when you're having good days. You can write out different little scripts. And a script for a good day might be that I love myself. It's okay for me to have a good day. I'm going to do what I can without overdoing it. I am going to listen to my body and teach my body how to send me the right signals. I am going to honor my body. I'm going to let myself be seen because it is okay for me to be seen. I am having a good day and that is a beautiful thing. I am loved. You can write out something like that. Of course, let it, whatever words need to come through you for how you support yourself on a good day, let those come through you. And you can read it every day. And on a bad day, you might write something like this so that when you're in the midst of a, of a flare-up, you can read this and be reminded that my pain doesn't control me. These symptoms do not control me. They do not affect my worth and they do not affect who I am. I am not a burden. I am someone who is experiencing pain and illness in my body. That pain and illness does not have to be permanent and it is not permanent. I allow myself to heal. I allow myself to find some relief. I allow myself to ask for what I need and to honor myself in these moments, to rest when I need to rest and to move when I need to move. Having a bad day does not make me less than. I am always me and I am always worthy and I am loved. So for a bad day, you can write something like that. And again, whatever words need to come from your heart, Let those words come. And then when you are having a bad day, you can keep the script on your phone. You can keep it in your wallet. I want you to pull out those words and I want you to read it. And you read it as many times as you need to in order to just feel slightly better. And the more you focus on these things, the more it'll rewire your brain. I'm actually going to leave you with one other thing today, and then we'll sign off. This is a meditative exercise that you can do. So what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes, get into a comfortable position, and you're gonna breathe and you're gonna take many, many deep breaths. And then you are gonna focus on moving the pain or the symptoms of the illness out of your body. And I want you to be very body aware while you're doing this. So you're bringing attention to the top of your head, your forehead, your throat, and your heart, your stomach, your hips, your thighs, your shins, your feet, and out the big toes. And you're going to move the energy out and you're going to keep cycling. where the illness and the pain moves out of your body from your head all the way down to your toes and out the big toe. And you're going to focus on each part of your body as it moves through. And you're going to do this for several minutes and it'll start helping you relieve the pain and move the pain and the symptoms out of your body. I want to thank you for tuning into this episode today. We went over a lot. Please let me know if you have any questions. And if you need any support, I want you to reach out to me. I am a coach and I do charge for my services and that said, I will also not deny you help if you are spinning. If you reach out and you ask me a question because you need help with something, there are, well, there's a very, very good chance that you're not the only one going through this. So I can do a podcast episode. I can do a mini training Um, I could do Facebook Lives. There are so many options for me to help you and and to help others. So don't stay silent. Reach out to me because I am here. I am open. And just a reminder, uh, spots are open for my soulful self-leadership method. So if you are dealing with perfectionism, people-pleasing, Oh, um, if you're if you keep hitting blocks and you can't seem to find a way forward, and you have vision in your life, but you're not clear on your purpose, and you really want to get clear on all of these things, this is something that you should definitely check out. So make sure to send me a message on Instagram or Facebook, or send me an email. All the links are in my show notes, and ask me about the Soulful Self Leadership Method. Okay, guys. I love you so, so much. I wish you so much love in your life and I'm sending you so much healing energy. Bye. Thank you for joining me today on the soul service podcast. Do you want to feel powerful, vibrant, and happy in your daily life? Get in on my free walk your path to power challenge. Head on over and join me at AnastasiaBurtnick.com forward slash power. If you love what you heard today, I would be over the moon if you could leave me a five-star review and subscribe over on iTunes. I want to help as many people as I can, and I can't do it without your support. I'll see you on the next episode.